Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. is light. The word of God gives guidance. The word of God heals us. The word of God, when spoken to us, is spirit and life. Amen. Today we have testimonies about people who have heard words that have been spoken to them and have obeyed it and they've had a breakthrough. So put your hands together for our first testimony from David and Ponza. Introduce yourself to us. Hello, everyone. My testimony is about how the prayers of our pastor, Yes Joy, brought healing to me. Tell us more. Yeah. So I was di- I was diagnosed with stone um, kidney stones, and then when I went for the scan, I actually didn't understand. I, all I knew was I had pains. So the doctors were alarmed, I didn't know. So I went for a scan, and it was mentioned that um, the, from the results, they said they had a 5.1 mm calculus. So he's, 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 oh, he's breaking down for us. Some of us are at students. So I think it's the, di- yes, so as an engineer, I also didn't understand. I think it's the diameter. I think it's the diameter of the, of the stone. So I showed it to my pastor because I've been in touch with her since I've been to the hospital. So she was alarmed. Then I realized that it was something serious. So I was actually referred to the specialist because I went to the hospital at uh, midnight. So I went to the specialist and the specialist was so certain that he has to um, do uh, an operation, perform a surgery because there was urine behind the stone and then I could have infections. So when I came, when my pastor saw the results, she understanding it, rejected it from the, just as she saw it, that she rejects it and she prayed for me and I actually believed the prayer. So we were having the week of fasting and prayers and the first all night, she prayed for me again. And on Thursday, so it was a week, on Thursday I went back to the hospital and when the, so I went back with another scan to see the specialist. So after I took, so I went to see the uh, specialist. You could see like, and he was so not sure. There was a certain look on his face. And all that he said that, it seems the stone has come to pass. Wow, wow. Something that was there, something that we were sure that they had a five, what, millimeter, calculus, diameter stone. 
because of the prayers of our pastor, because of the words that he keeps hearing every time, it just seems to pass. I don't know what situation you are in, that is there, but because of the word that you hear and because of the prayers in the house, it will just pass in Jesus' name. So, David, what would you like to tell the church? Yeah, I think um, we have to believe the uh, prayers of our pastor. And also, I think one uh, most important thing is, no matter where you are, you have to find a way to connect to her. Yes, because if I was important. not known by her or I didn't have a certain relationship with her, I would have just gone and uh, these people would cut me. And then So I think you are in the right place and you shouldn't have any doubts. Just believe your pastor. Amen. from Oscar of the Dancing Stars! Hello, Oscar. Hello. Please introduce yourself to us. Um, I'm Oscar Nkama, and I'm a dancing star. I want to give a testimony about how I believe the prayers of our mommy saved me from robbers. Yes. Yeah, um, Please tell us about it. Um, so, as an art student, we work in our studios and sometimes we return very late. And we've been advised not to, but... <laughs> art students are also serious, in case um, you didn't know. My shepherd magic told me not to. <laughs> He told me, magic is um, the Abbasantali died that. Continue. Charles, continue. Charles, sorry, Charles. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we actually, when I'm alone, I don't come by that time, but we're in a group of four. So, we left our studio around 11.30. And yes, um, PEF, yeah, and we were coming towards this place. So most of my classmates went to their various hostels along the way. And apparently mine was the last hostel which is um close to <laughs> close to Nevada. So yes, Nevada. So um a classmate of mine told me he was going to escort me all the way to the hostel. But funny enough when we got here he um he found some like a group of friends skating. So it distracted him, was like, Charlie, I hadn't had your way to me, uncle, so hey. I should. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, okay, then let me, let me leave then. I went and let me see, about a minute to my home still, two adults just attacked me with yes. adult meals, yeah. One, one was holding a cutlass, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take our time and listen to the testimony. So, um, one was holding a cutlass and uh, he, they attacked me right there. And they, they confronted me like a group of ritualists. It wasn't, yes. it did not look like a robbery at all. So I screamed, I shouted, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> they, they, pushed, they, they pushed me to the ground actually. Um, I hit my head, my shoulder, yeah. And one aggressively held my mouth. Yeah, while the other was trying to take my belongings. So, they took my phone away. Um, the other tried to. Um, I don't know what he was trying to do, but 
I managed my way to hold the cutlass, which later cut my fingers. Hey! So, <laughs> so, Tell us um, more. Yeah, and so, so what they, happened next? Yeah, so by the grace of God, um, they took everything actually. What, was, what exactly did they But in my bag, my bag had my laptop and everything in it. They took yes. his bag, they A took new his laptop home. I had gotten just last week. Yes. They took, they, took, they took everything of mine. So I went to my homestead and when I got it, the first thing I did, actually I couldn't cry. It was, it was, I couldn't cry. So the first thing I did was I took my shard and I knelt and told God, I thank you that I'm not dead. Because wow. as at that moment, I thought I would have died. I did not know I'll see the next day, but by the grace of God, I... Honestly, I felt a little disappointed. Like I was like, oh, why would God make something like this happen to me? Yeah, but, what happened? Yeah, so the next morning I woke up. I was just there when a friend of my family friend of mine came in with the bag, the armrobes stone. Okay, so now wait, 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 wait. And now what you are thinking? And now what you are thinking at all? I'm not thinking the same way, but take a turn. Let's. <laughs> Let's listen to the testimony. It's not what you're thinking at all. So tell us how this friend all of a sudden yeah, had so, your bag. So I was even surprised. I, I didn't understand. I, I recognized the bag, but I was, I was like, ah. How? <laughs> so I wasn't even the one who took the bag. My roommates who knew the story just aggressively took the bag, opened it, and everything was in it. Wow. The, the, the laptop, um, my practical tools, my money, everything was in it. My wow. pen drive, everything. So, I was confused, I was confused, but apparently he said, um, my mom, I had a yam in it. They stole the smartphone, but the yam was in it. So my mom called the yam and a woman saw the bag in her, right in front of her gate. That was what the story was. That she saw it somewhere, she picked up the phone, and my mom was like, was happening so she contacted that friend to come and meet the woman to take the bag and bring it to me my hostel i don't know what has been taking or stolen from you but the lord will work it out and return it to you in jesus name I'd like to tell the church that we should believe in the prayers of our mommy and the communion of our daddy and everything because and when I went to the hospital the next day my eye was all red but they said it was just scratches nothing was wrong with me I was perfectly fine after all the bleeding and things I was fine so <laughs> I thank God for everything and I want to that Oscar is safe in Jesus name. Amen. A final testimony is from George Osei Boateng of the Fountain of Life Choir. His testimony is about how God helped him recover from a condition called pyogenic granuloma on the eye. As you've heard the name, I, I don't need to explain to you <laughs> what it is. Amen. So he says, I didn't know what to do because I thought there wasn't any cure for it. I went to the hospital several times to get it treated. They gave me some drugs to help cure it, but hmm, the thing on my eye continued to grow, Hey, Like he couldn't even mention the name of the thing. Hmm. 
says he lost all hope and after all, all the medications they told him that they were supposed going to do a minor surgery on his eye says i was very afraid no let me say what he said he said i was very afraid pa so i told pastor russell about it and he prayed and told me everything is going to be all right god being so good i did the surgery and i got healed completely somebody who had pyogenic granuloma on his eye he thought there was no cure for it because he received a prayer he was healed in jesus name so he says he wants to encourage the church that no matter what you are going through just believe god everything is going to be fine amen i want to encourage each and every one of you to try and be part of something try and be part of a group try and be part of a center try and be part of a bar center because that is the way that the pastors and leaders that our mother has placed over us will get to reach you to amen hallelujah hallelujah at the beginning of the service, I remember I was saying that he was asking you to say, when he says, Christ is risen, then you respond what? Oh, please respond it properly. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Because Christ is risen, we have our freedom from sin, freedom from the powers of darkness. We are free from the power of the enemy. And today I believe that we are going to be changed as we have come this morning. Our lives is going to have a new turn around. Hallelujah. As we are about to listen to an anointed servant of the Lord. The Lord has given you and I a prophet to speak to, a pastor to bring you his word. Ladies and gentlemen, I want us to put our hands together to welcome our pastor. Put your hands together for E.S. Joy. Put your hands together for her. Death has lost the victory, the grave has been denied. Jesus saved forever. He's alive. He's alive. He's the Alpha and Omega. The first and last is he. The curse of sin is broken. The Lamb of God is risen. He's alive. He's alive. You see, if somebody almost died, the young man shared the testimony, and he could see that he would have died, and he didn't die, and we shouted and said, "Hey, are you there?" Then now we are talking about someone who actually died because of you. 
and because of me. And he's alive. And then you are standing there. And, see, and some of you will say, oh, I don't know the song. Please ask your neighbor, can you read? And ask your neighbor that when you used to go and jam, all the songs you were singing, you know, did you know the words? Come on, you want to celebrate Jesus because he's alive. He's the reason we are alive. And we want to celebrate him this morning, this Easter morning. He's alive. Hallelujah. Let's go. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. Jesus Death has lost its victory. Has lost and the grave and has, the been grave has been denied. Jesus, Jesus lives forever. forever. He's alive. He's alive. He's the Alpha and Omega. The first and last is He. The curse of sin is broken. We have perfect liberty. The Lamb of God is risen. He's alive. Hallelujah. This Easter morning, I want you to remember what would have happened to you if Jesus had not risen again. Every sin you have ever done would have been pinned on your back. You'll be walking through town and behind you, there'll be uh, something saying fornicator. In front of you, there would have been something saying cancer. And on your legs would have been something saying useless person. But because when Jesus came, he carried all of it. Amen. He did what? He carried all of it. He went and threw it away. And then he returned. If he had not returned, some of you, you behave as if your Jesus is still hanging on the cross. I don't know about your Christ, but my Jesus, he is risen. And this morning, we are just remembering him. Give the Lord a shout. Clap your hands. Jesus is alive. Death has lost Death has faith. lost its victory. And the grave has been denied. Jesus lives forever. He's alive. He's alive. He's the Alpha and Omega. First and last is the first and last is He. The curse of sin is broken. We have perfect liberty. Jesus, the Jesus lives forever. He's alive. He's alive. so grateful that we live in a time we have the only prophet who came and died and rose again. This Easter morning, we thank you because we remember that the tomb is empty. The leader of every other religion in the world is in their tomb. But we thank God that we believe in the one person who came. He left heaven and came and he paid the price for us and he rose again to show that the victory is total. We are grateful. Thank you. Thank you sounds almost too little, but it is what we have. We are so grateful. Thank you for giving us a chance. Thank you for giving us life. Thank you that even when we die, death, is, it, it doesn't have any victory over us because we come and live with you. We are so grateful. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Before you sit down, find your Bible. Take out your Bible. 
If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, just tell your, your neighbor that we're going back to the physical Bible. So next time, bring it with you. Amen? It's on your phone. You are not serious yet. Who sits down? Do you read your lecture notes from your phone? Do you study any subject from your phone? Do you do any meaningful office work on your phone? Why then is the only Bible you have on your phone? You are not yet serious. But lift up your Bible. We have our confession to make. You want to say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Take your seat. Hallelujah. You know, when you are standing and you are confessing, I am what it says I am. Maybe everybody thinks you are a thief and a liar and a robber. But the Bible says that you are saved, sanctified, bought by the blood of the Lamb. The Bible says you are the apple of God's eye. The Bible says that he loves you. The Bible says he gave your life. And that is what you are becoming. Amen. When we say I have what it says I have, what does it say you have? Everything. Everything. Are you in the house? Everything. So as you are there right now, you are not seeing it. But as you keep confessing, you are your, the Lord is picking your words. And he's picking it and working with the faith behind those words. And when he says, I can do what he says I can do. What does the Bible say you can do? All things. All things. Everything and anything you want to do, you can do it. That's what the Bible says. Only that maybe you didn't know, but now you know. So when you stand there and say, I can do what he says I can do. What, what he says I can do. He says you can do everything. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm relieved to know I can do everything. Some of you are there, I can't cook. Start trying. You'll be surprised that... I said, you'll be surprised that not knowing that you are a gourmet cook, but you never knew. Yeah, you have a surprise. Amen. Are you in the house? Some of you are saying, I can't do math. When I see math, no, my brain does not work. But as you are making the confession, I said, as you are making the confession, then the Lord is taking your words and bringing it to come to pass because your word says that you can do all things. Or math is not part of all things. Yeah, you can do all things. Some of you are here, you say you can't dance. How many of you were here on Good Friday when Pastor Russell was leading us to dance? Ah, oh, you were not here. And he was giving us steps and we're dancing. That's a person who couldn't dance. And today, because you have been confessing, I can do all things. Not only are you dancing, you are leading hundreds of people to dance. That's it. We were shocked because we know that he's one of us. He's dancing, he's not. Hey, you are very quiet. <laughs> so turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I know you are stiff as a bamboo stick, but you know the Bible says you can do all things. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just love Easter morning, and usually on Easter morning, I don't preach for a long time, but I just want you to enjoy the morning. Remembering that everything, our everything is in Easter morning. And Easter is the difference between Christianity and every other religion. There is none. There's no religion that the person can say, I gave my life for my followers. In fact, for most, you must give your life for what you believe. 
but the God that we said he gave his life for us the Bible says that he counted not equality with God a thing to be grasped he gave it up and he, you see it is like you looking at a cockroach and saying that I want to save cockroaches so you're going to become a cockroach that's exactly the same thing so you have to leave all your privileges as a human being and become a cockroach as I look at you, I see some cockroach features. I don't say it, they'll be annoyed. <laughs> I'm only joking. Are you with me? But I'm just trying to give you a sense of what it means. Because the Bible says, as for Jesus, he was there already. The Bible says there was nothing made without him. So right from the inception of everything, he was there. And he put it aside and he came down to save you and me. Because he could see that we are not able. <sighs> Ask your neighbor, have you tried to be good before? Mm. before the Holy Ghost entered your life have you tried to be good before may I remember pa, around the age of 9 and 10 I'll say today dear I'll be good what do you think happened it was worse than the days I didn't say anything oh you have done all the things you said you wouldn't do are you in the house but he came and he paid the price for us and that is why he can even leave his spirit on earth for us and he can. That's why you are saved. Maybe you didn't know it before. That's why you are saved. Somebody paid the price. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. That's why the song we're saying, we're singing says, he's the alpha and the omega, the first and that when he shed his blood, there was no need again for any blood to be shed. Before Christ came, would have had by this morning, would have been chasing some chickens, chasing some sheep, chasing some goats around. But when he came and he offered his blood, it was the first and the last. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah. Hey, are you there? Are you around? Is there life in you? And that's what we are celebrating this Easter morning. Amen. I hope that Easter is beginning to mean something more to you. Amen. And that is why on Easter morning you find Christians all over the world celebrating with that slogan, Christ is risen. And the answer is, He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. This morning I want to talk to you about some very important people in the Bible. People of the crucifixion. Hallelujah. Some Easter personalities and things that we can learn from them. Because Easter is a whole season and there were so many people who were involved in all the events that happened. And you know, you're not the only person who feels like Easter. I also feel like it. I'm not going to be preaching for long today. <laughs> you can have your own night, but it won't be tonight. <laughs> Amen. Today, after the service, some of you, you need to tell your neighbor, let's go and eat together. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody who, has, who doesn't have food should be hungry today. Today today yeah today jesus gave his life if you are giving just a few spoons of rice or you are giving just a little bit of your your kegari that you eat are you in the house yeah that's for today so i want you to look at some neighbor and say what's your name please can i come for some lunch with you <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Dancers, I think you should tell your, your leaders that you have danced hard and long. So, 
They should just do something, something, something. Or you have not been rehearsing. Are you not tired? You are tired. I mean, I mean. So tell them from rehearsals all night, from Good Friday all the way to Easter Sunday. You want to, you know, all of a sudden, those who are called magic, I can't see them. Empty your heart, Hallelujah. But let's just quickly look at the scripture. Oh, that's a nice scripture. Hebrews 10.10. Charlie, you are doing well. It's nice. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Because he has done it once. Otherwise, you and I would have had to pay our share. Hey, how much of your blood would they collect? They'll be bleeding, you'll be bleeding, you still are, your sins are coming. Hey, will you even have some enough to cover? And then you have sinned too, so the blood too is not clear, it's not correct. Mm. In the hospital, it's not every blood they accept too. Yeah, some people, they tell them, no, 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 we can't, we don't accept your blood. We don't like your blood. Mm. But let us quickly go to Matthew chapter 27. The first person I want to introduce to you today is Pontius Pilate. We read about him. <laughs> we read about him. Take us to verse 13. He was the person in authority. When they came to, um, you, know, they, you know, when you're going to put somebody to death, you cannot just get up and kill the person. So you must try to find a legal way to do it. Are you with me? They were trying to look for a legal way to do it. So they brought him, and he at the time was the governor. He was a Roman, and he was not a Jew. And at the time, the Jews, the Israelites, they were all under the Romans. Are you here? And this man found himself as the leader. Now, what can we learn from such a person? Okay, let's take it from verse 13. Then Pilate said to him, at this point, Pilate has been questioning Jesus because as he questioned him, he was wondering that this man cried. Why, why are they hating him so much? I can't find, I can't see what he has done wrong. You know, but they don't like him. And so he kept on questioning him. So let's go to verse 13. Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? Because Jesus wasn't saying much. And he answered to him, never a word, in so much that the governor marveled greatly. When you are in front of somebody with power, the person really believes that you have a lot of power. And you see that Jesus was in front of Pilate who had power. And yet, he didn't answer him. And I'll say to you that the first thing you need to understand is that it's not everybody you answer. It's not everybody you answer. Are you there? It's not everybody you answer. One of the people that you shouldn't answer are the press. I know some of you are press people. I don't mind. Yeah. But you are, you know, because, and the reason is because when you answer, what you say will be. Tristan, Yeah. And they'll take the beginning of the thing and then take something else and then put it out there and then you're looking back and you won't have anywhere to defend yourself. That's it. So it's not everybody that you answer. So just learn that. You don't always have to defend yourself. Some of you, everything that you are talking, some things you have to just leave it. Between God and time, we shall see the truth. Amen. But as you rise up in defense, you see, they're not listening to you. Especially if you're a Christian. So learn it. They were accusing Jesus of many things. Amen. And so Pilate continued to question him. 
Now, at the feast, the governor was wont to release unto their people a prisoner whom they would. In other words, he was now looking for a way to release Jesus. Are you there? And at this time of the year, this was the Passover year time, they would take somebody and release the person. So the Bible says that he, there was a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Now, you see, let me explain a little bit. I can understand Pilate's predicament. He wanted to release the people, the guy, but he knew that if I just release him, the, the Jews will riot. So I need a way to release him. So at least I know that this Barabbas guy is not correct. He's a killer, he's a murderer. So I know that if I bring him, the people say, no, 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 you cannot release this guy. Are you seeing it? So continue, verse 17. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said to them, whom will you that I release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. So he knew that it's not because the guy has done something wrong. But it is because, because they were envying him. Yeah. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. Those of you who don't take the advice of your... <clears throat> no, no, sometimes even a child is advising and you should be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in what the child is saying. A friend of mine had been working in a job. It was a job for a Christian organization. Then a mutual friend, somebody who was my friend and his friend, came and said, oh, meet them and come. I want to give you um, another job. And the guy made all kinds of promises. And so this man was leaving his correct mission-oriented job because he, wa he wanted to, you know, do missions and all that to go to something. The morning before he changed jobs, he's four-year-old. You want to ask what does a four-year-old understand? His four-year-old came and said, Daddy, I don't think you should change. I don't think you should leave this one and work for this one. Four years. You see, when you hear it, you should understand that God is speaking because a four-year-old doesn't really care. All that the four-year-old cares about is I have my food, I have my clothes, I have what concerns me. Yes, exactly. He didn't listen and he changed the job only to discover that none of for no order than there was nothing there. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so Pilate's wife told him, look, don't, don't do it, don't do it. You see, she didn't know why, but today, if you know the words of the Apostles' Creed, the Christians, we place the death of Jesus squarely at the feet of Pilate and we will not remove it from there. Through the generations, we have been reciting, hey, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. We have not mentioned the Roman soldiers who nailed him. We have not mentioned Caesar. We have not mentioned the high priest who brought him there. But we have mentioned, suffered under Pontius Pilate. Let's continue. The story gets more interesting. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask for who? Barabbas. And destroy Jesus. You see, when you are being led by something that's not correct, you see that you make mad decisions. Continue. The governor answered, you see, asked, you see, he couldn't believe them. So he asked again, which of the two should I release? And again, they said, what? Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all said unto him, let him be crucified. Mm -hmm. And the governor 
said, why? What evil has he done? But they cried out the more, saying, let him be crucified. And in verse 24, when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See you to it. You see, what you need to learn from this man is that Pilate was afraid of the people. And anybody who is afraid of people will make mistakes. Some of you who work, you have become a thief in the office because you are afraid that the other people in the office will speak about you in a certain way. And they'll say, oh, this man is just a chicken. He can't do anything. Some of you have run into a certain kind of life because of the friends that you have. And so you are not able to take a stand and say, I will not do it. I will not go there. But rather, to please them, you follow and you go with them. You don't cheat in exams. But because they will say that, yeah, I'm not helpful and I'm not kind. Because they will say, anytime you find yourself saying, they will say, they will say, they know that you are in trouble. Who are the they? And you are living for which day? This was exactly Pontius, Pontius Pilate's predicament. Even if the Jews were misbehaving, Pontius Pilate had the power to say, listen, let, I, I'm not going to do it. I've released the man. If you kill him, it's your problem. Jesus wouldn't have been crucified. We'll all be on our way to hell. Anyway, never mind that one. <laughs> Are you in the church? But because he was afraid of the people, the fear of the people is one of the things that makes us useless. Yeah. That is why democracy often doesn't work. Because democracy is run on the fear of the people. That's why when it is voting time, hey, Charlie, let's go and do the thing now. Yeah. <laughs> why do you think Doomsaw is now we are feeling it? We didn't feel it before November. And before this, oh, you are very quiet. No, I don't mind. I don't mind. So instead of taking a stand and saying that this thing is wrong, because you can see throughout the story that Pilate was trying to say, I can't find any reason to crucify this man. I cannot find it. He tried to discuss with them. He tried to argue with them. But they won because he was afraid of the people. So then he asked them, bring me water. Let me wash my hands. I came to inform you that it is not everything that you can wash away by water. You can stand there and say, the guy made me go and do an abortion. But I'm telling you that you can bath now with all the water that exists. If Christ does not help you, that's it for you. You can bath and bath and bath. You can be crying and saying, eh, it is what? Kobiji, eh? That's the song, huh? It's called BG. He was the one who... You can say whatever you want to say, but it is at your, at your door. You shed innocent blood. Are you here? I came to teach you this morning that Pontius Pilate, you cannot wash your hands. You wash your hands and you said that you are innocent of the blood. But I tell you that millions and millions and millions of Christians all across the world, we are reading the story 2,021 years after the death of Jesus Christ. And we are still saying, suffered under Pontius Pilate. Because you didn't have the courage to stand up and say, this is wrong. This is wrong. 
I am reminded of another man. Reuben, the brother of Joseph. Reuben was the firstborn of 12 boys. And they saw Joseph coming. His brothers, they didn't like him. And when the brothers got up and said, ha ha, we have got him now. We will kill him. And what will become of the coat that he's wearing? Instead of Reuben to stand up and say, you will not do it. The Bible says that Reuben, oh, just drop him in the pit. Because he wanted to come back later and remove him. Judah was his younger brother. And so Judah was watching the thing from afar. And then Judah said, let's sell him. Because Judah really believed that they were going to kill him. I want you to know that in the genealogy of the patriarchs, Reuben has been removed. He's been removed. Because he couldn't stand up and say, no, that is it. He couldn't. Are you there? The Bible says that when Reuben saw, that's 37 verse 28, Reuben said to them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit. Why didn't he just tell them, we are not doing it? He was the firstborn. They would have insulted him, but he just said, we are not doing it. But instead, he tried to find a, cannot wash my hands, or a washing my hands something. It's time you sit up and you take responsibility for your own wrongdoing. If you will accept that you have done wrong, there is a Jesus who died on the cross for every single thing that you have done wrong. And if you accept your wrongdoing, you will go to him and ask him to forgive you. But for as long as you are blaming another person, your sin remains with you. And you wear it squarely. Oh, my friends made me drink the drink. <laughs> your friends, they opened your teeth. Are you there? Yeah. I said, are you there? Hey, you are very quiet. Oh. What are you thinking this Easter morning? It is time to stand up to be counted for what is right. Yeah. No matter what people say. We have done so much rubbish. And we have paid the price for our rubbish, I tell you. We have paid the price so much for copying others. Recently, my sister and I, we had to bury our older sister. And we said, we are going along with the decision of our church. Our church has a policy that when we are mourning, we mourn with those who mourn. So you will notice that if you have a funeral and we come, God forbid that you should have one, but if you have one, we will not eat. It's not for anything. We came to mourn with you. We cannot be chewing the wings of the chicken when you are crying. We came to hold you in your time of tears. So we too made the decision that we're not going to provide food. We are going to mourn our sister. We'll give her an honorable burial and we'll say our goodbyes. We have a few feeble aunties. Let's just do a few packages for them so that, because it means they'll leave in the morning and get home in the evening. But no food. The insults we have had. The insults. Oh, <laughs> plenty. Are you there? Did they change our decision? Not at all. We didn't offer an apology for it. We didn't offer, hey. We are crying. We are crying. We, we, we are not celebrating. So we are not at all. You know, when you, are, when you are under a family head or under, you cannot take the decisions. But if you're in a that's the stand of our church. Everybody that we have buried as a church person, we are crying. We are mourning. We are not eating. Ah, can you imagine you are still crying, drying your tears, then you see your friend. Yeah. 
you have now come to fill your stomach. So please, eat be in your house. <laughs> two or two packs. And then they will take some. I don't think it's right. That's all. And I belong to a church where my founder too doesn't think it's right. That's it. That's it. And we are prepared for. Eh. No, we came to bury. We didn't, you wait when it is feasting time and see whether we'll show you how to feast. But that's not feasting time. Are you in the church? Yeah. But many times we change it because we know what people are going to say. Wow. Do not be a follower of the masses. I wanted, I'm looking for a scripture. I believe it's in Galatians. Yes. Try Galatians 1.10 for me. Let, let me show you something. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be a servant of Christ. The pleasing of man is one of the main reasons why people don't serve God properly. Pontius Pilate knew that the crucifixion of Jesus was wrong. He knew that he knew that he knew that he knew. But he was afraid of man. You know that you should come to church every Sunday. And sometimes the fear of man. What would they say? They have been saying that I like church too much. So I won't go. What would they say? When they say that they are going to have a, a group a meeting. The group is coming to meet on Sunday. And you child of God. Instead of you to stand your ground and say, I go to church on Sunday because of what they will say. Then you say, what time? You say what? What time? Uh, Oh, 10 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Oh, okay, then I'll go to present service. Then I'll leave and then I'll come. Then you sit in your seat and then you are eyeing me that eh, by this time, look, the service has gone on for too long. Why didn't you eye the group who said that you should meet at 10 o'clock? Why didn't you stand up and say, you children of Belial, we go to church on Sunday. Are you not a Christian? Are you also not a Christian? Are you not a Christian? Why did you not face them? But you're coming to face us here. It's just a question I'm asking you. Hmm. Have you seen that quiet? When I was talking about Pontius Pilate, we were saying, yes, so. <laughs> you are working in the office. You can see that they are stealing. Why don't you stand up for it? But rather, you come and bring us the pressure. Let me move on to my second. Actually, today is Easter Sunday. I don't want to spoil the the second person I want us to talk about this morning is Mary Magdalene Mary Magdalene to me represents a very precious thing now she was somebody who loved Jesus she was someone who had been full of demons and she knew what Jesus had done for her and if you are in the church you know the Bible Jesus was the one who taught us he who has been forgiven much loves much some of us we were so bad yeah you know, some of you, you don't appreciate Christ because it's like you had no sins before he came. But there are some of us who are just so hopeless that if he had not come, we now we can see our end. And that's why it is easier to witness to a total drunkard 
than it is to witness to some of you righteous people. But I need to show you something today. That Jesus had some people who he loved. And the people he loved, you will see one of the things you see in their life is that he gives them visions. One of the people who was described as loving Jesus was Mary Magdalene. Daniel was described as somebody who God loves and he was given visions. John was the disciple that Jesus loved and he was given the the whole of Revelations as a vision. But let us go to John chapter 20. I'm going to read some seven scriptures and verses. I know you didn't have your quiet time. John 11 to 18. Mary stood outside at the sepulchre weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre and seeth two angels. Have you seen her vision starting? The one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if you have borne him hence, tell me where you have laid him, and I'll take him away. And Jesus said unto her, You see, she was talking at a time when Jesus was even dead. She could not get anything more from him. Some of us who are here, we only love God or say we love God because of what we think we'll get from him. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not. For I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. You can see that she was a lover of God, of Jesus, and she received a vision. She was the first person to go through this and see that Jesus was alive. And she went with the story. But I came to remind you that Mary Magdalene was an ordinary person. She had no titles. She had no recognition. She didn't get to sit in the front seat in the church. She didn't have any, you know, nobody was calling her Sheppy. There are some people when they see that they are shepherds, they say, oh, oh, oh Sheppy, come and have a seat. She was nothing. She was nothing. But she loved God. She really, really loved Jesus. And that was why when he came back, she was the one who was given the resurrection message. Are you there? Do you love him? It's just a question. The people who loved him, you see that he they, they were close to, they became close in another way. In another way. Are you there? So it is not always by title. Sometimes you can carry the title, but you are far. The high priest was the high priest. The leader of them all, but he was far. He was as far from God as the next. I mean, there was nothing. There was nothing. And so the fact that you have a title, pastor, reverend, Pope, Bishop, doesn't really mean anything in the context of what our God is looking for. (laughs) Are you in the house? John was another one. And you see that he refers to himself in the book of John. You know, all the others, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they never call, say the disciple whom Jesus loved. It's only John who says that. But it was also true. Because the Bible shows us, says to us in John 19 verse 26, that when Jesus saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said to his mother, woman, behold thy son. Are you seeing it? 
Are you in the house this morning? Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to be a lover of God. I'm going to be a lover of God. Now, let us go to Luke chapter 24 and verse 9. And let me quickly give you the third person. The third person was Peter. Peter was a very interesting person. He was a very interesting person. Maybe I like him in verse 9. Yeah. Okay, let's go to verse 1. Let me see something. I want to see where to take this story from. Ask your neighbor, did you read your Bible this morning? What did your neighbor say? What did your neighbor say? Tell your neighbor, you got to do better. 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 You can't say, oh, they'll read the Bible in church. So I will hear it there. You are like a student who has exams and says that they'll teach in the class. Let's go to Luke chapter 24. Let's go to verse 10. I need you to remember that Peter at this point in his life was not so very excited. He had disappointed Jesus and disappointed himself. He was not at the cross. He had run away like a chicken when Jesus was being crucified. He was nowhere near. Now then it says in verse 10 of Luke 24, it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with them which told these things unto the apostles. Now what are these things? These women had gone to the tomb and they had come back to say that he is not there, he is risen. Their words seemed to them as idle tales and they believed them not. The disciples, the apostles, they were so sure that they are the leaders of whatever. So if Jesus has actually come back, he will show himself to us and not to you. Well, they were wrong. Verse 12. Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulchre. And stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes by, laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at which that which was come to pass. I'm presenting to you, Peter, today to show you somebody who, though he was in trouble with God, he still wanted to draw close. Are you there? Yeah. He could see that something. So in the midst of all the things the women had said, when all the men had said, no, 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 it's not like that, Peter got up and came to see for himself. Are you there? He got up and came to see for himself. I learned two things from this. I learned that even though he had made a mistake at the crucifixion of Christ. You could see him, unlike Judas, looking for a time to reconnect. There are times in our lives when we do things that we cry, we are so disappointed in ourselves. Are you there? We are so disappointed in ourselves. And when we are disappointed, there are some of us, we now rather go away from God. It's like, I can't pray, so I won't pray. I'm feeling shy, so I won't come to church. You have just fallen into the hands of the devil. Direct, 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 direct. And he could have fallen there, but you see that he still wanted to come. He still loved him. He still came closer. The second thing I learned from Peter is that he was secure in the love of God. He knew that Jesus still loved him. There are some of us, when we fall on hard times, we seem to interpret it that God does not like us. How can he not like you? If he didn't like you, would he give his son for you? Me, I like you, but I won't give you even the finger of my son. 
people come and say, oh, it's only this small finger we like. Okay, okay, pastor, just the nail. None of, from none of my, no, no, no. No, I won't do it. But he sent his whole son, the decision to come and give his whole self for us. How then can we say that he doesn't love us because of our mistakes? I thank God for Peter. Because to me, Peter represents somebody who came back. And this Easter, I have more people to introduce to you, but I want to end with Peter. This Easter morning, I want to say to you that if you have fallen away from God, and you have only come to church because Easter is Easter, and I mean you are a Christian, you know, and you know Christians, we go to church at Easter, so as a matter of habit, I've come. But really and truly, you have fallen away from God. I want to tell you that take a leaf out of Peter's book and see that even when circumstances have happened to you, it is your responsibility to draw back, to come back. Peter came back. I said, Peter came back. This is just a few days after he had run like a woman away and said, I don't know him, I don't know him. Cursed and sworn, I don't know him. Nobody should add me to this man, I don't know this man. This is just a few days afterwards. And he was back, looking for him. You say he's not there. You say his body is not there. How is it possible? Let me go and see. Maybe I'll find his body lying somewhere. Peter still loved. He still drew closer. What do you do when you fall down? Do you just lie there and say, ah, because I failed, he doesn't like me anymore. And then you go away. You know, when you make a mistake and you start to go away, if you're not careful, you can go so far. How to come back is difficult. Ask those of us who are married. Small marital, marital quarrel, then you have manifested like a witch. Bent your boots behind and before. And now you want to come back. A friend of mine, she called me, said, I wanted to come back for a long time, but how to come back? So I bent my boat. <laughs> I was so angry, I bent my boat over there. So now that I want to come back, how do I come? <laughs> because now you're thinking, hey, if I go and say I'm sorry, the way they will laugh. If I just come back, let me harden my face. And we want to try the same thing with God. But this Easter morning, I'm saying to you that if you have fallen away, today is a good day to come back. I said, today is a good day to come back. Like Peter, ran all the way. He didn't even walk to the sepulcher where Jesus was buried. He ran the whole way. Like Jesus, today, take your feet and run all the way to say, Lord, take me back. Take me back. I may have done wrong things and I may have fallen away. But because of the blood of Jesus, I'm confident enough to come back to you today. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet this Easter morning. And just begin to think about yourself. Bow down your head and just consider where do you stand with Jesus this Easter morning? Did he shed his blood in vain? Was it in vain that he gave up his blood? Are you carrying your own sins on your own head and allowing the devil to speak into your ears? He will only lead you where you should not go. But that's why I'm so happy to present my Savior to you this morning. The one who forgives all sin and who loves us enough to receive us back. This morning I want you to talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him this morning. Take me.
Pressures of life and the issues that you faced caught up with you. And before you knew it, you had left the side of the Savior. But today is your day as he draws you back. Today you have a casual relationship with him. Sometimes you talk to him, sometimes you don't. And if I were to ask you, are you born again? And if I were to ask you, are you on, are you on your way to heaven? Your answer would be, I'm not so sure. Today he's drawing you. Today he wants to talk to you. Today he wants you to come back to him. He's talking to you. I'm talking to another person. You've never given your life to him. But today is your day. Today is the day to come and taste and see if what we say about him is true. Today is the day to understand what your salvation means and what it means to give your life to him and so as every head is bowed and every eye is closed i don't know what your own situation is but you want to give your life to jesus just lift your right hand up where you are standing just lift it god bless you i see your hand god bless you 
I see your hands. I see hands all over the room. If your hand is up, please just come to me. I want to pray a prayer with you. Just come. He's calling you today. Your cry today is, Lord, take me back. This side, I know that you are there. Just step forward and come. Just come. He's calling you this morning. Because I can feel it in my spirit that you're just there. There's a war over you right now. And something says, don't go. Don't go because they will stay. They will say, they will see. I want to remind you of Pilate. Who today we credit with the crucifixion of Jesus. Because what will they say? What will they say? Step out from where you are. Defy them. You are here Sunday after Sunday struggling. Just come. He's calling you this morning. Just come. God bless you. Just come. Shake it off and come. Shake it off and come. Shake it off and come. Maybe you are even a worker in church and you are saying, what will my members think? I'm the one who calls them. But you know it's not well between you and God. Please, just step out and come. Don't let today go. Don't let today pass. Oh yes, take us back Lord. As the singing, just allow the Lord to speak to you. He is ministering to you now. Step out and come. Just come. We're going to pray together. God bless you as you come, brother. God bless you. Just come. Keep coming. Keep coming. God bless you. Keep coming. Find your way. Jesus is calling you this morning. Jesus is the one calling. Step out and come. Remember Peter. He turned around and he came back. Just return. Just come back. Take me back, take me back, take me back, take me back, I'm bargaining for somebody's life this morning. Step out and come as we sing to the Lord. Take me back, brother. Just join us. Just come, just come, just come, just come and join us. To the place. Oh, just come. There is an almighty struggle right now. morning some angels are battling with demons the demons are trying to hold you back but your angel that he gave you when you came to this earth is battling to find your way out break free and come this morning and just come and give your life back to him he's waiting your heart is beating it's a sign that he's calling you all is not well just come sing it one more time just for a few more minutes Break free and come. Break free and come.
sure Peter was thinking to himself as he was returning to the disciples, he could see that they'll be saying, where were you and where did you go? How come you left? And because you ran away, we also ran away. But I tell you, he decided that there is no friend, there is no enemy. He was the exact opposite of Pontius Pilate. He was the exact opposite of Judas. He said, I will not take my life. I'm going back where I came from. I know whom I have believed. He will not reject me. There is nobody. You will come out from where you are to stand here to give your life to Jesus. And Jesus will say, I will receive you. Nobody, no matter what you have done, nobody and Peter knew it you too step out step out and come people may say but you step out and come to the place where I first there's space there is space there is space oh yes there is space just keep coming This morning as we stand here, the Bible says there is joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. For each one of you who is standing in front of the stage to give your life to Jesus, there is already an Easter party that is going on in heaven. Hallelujah! Amen. I want you to pray this prayer after me. You want to say, Lord Jesus. Say it with your strength. Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in the blood that you shed so many years ago. Cleanse me so that I will be clean. Draw me to yourself so that I will love you. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for each one of these precious, precious souls. I pray, oh God, that they will never turn back. May they, like Peter, rise up to higher heights in the work of you. And Lord, may their lives be blessed. May they never, ever be forgotten because of today. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-D-S-E. God richly bless you.